Hey guys, you are listening to The Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey. I am Jamie and I'm your host and I'm so glad that you're here. If you like what you're listening to today, make sure you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We bring you new shows every Wednesday and Fridays and an amazing guest always joins me to chat about the big things in life, the little things in life and everything in between. Subscribe today to The Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey on your podcast player so you never miss an episode. friends and welcome to the happy hour Jamie Ivy podcast. I'm your host Jamie and I'm really, really excited that you're with me today. Every single week I invite a girlfriend to join me on the show and we chat about the big things in life, the little things in life and everything in between. Today's show is sponsored by IJM. It's international justice mission. And basically I'm actually talking to someone today from IJM. So you're going to really get to hear some behind the scenes of what they do. But guys, slavery exists. We often think of slavery, which was abolished years ago and lives only in history books, but there are more slaves now than at any other time in history. In fact, 45 million men, women, girls, and boys are daily being bought, sold, trafficked, and used against their will. It's crazy, but guys, there's hope, and there really is hope, and IJM is bringing that hope. And it might seem too big, and we're going to talk about that today with Melissa, but there's a plan, and it's called Freedom Sunday. September 25th, we are asking churches to stand up and say this is not enough. Go to IJM.org slash happy hour to find out more information. My guest for today is Melissa Russell, and Melissa is the Senior Vice President of Global Advancement at IJM. Today, we chat a lot about what IJM does, why it matters, and how we can all get involved. I know if you're like me, that sometimes hearing about awful injustices around the world is not really what you want to hear about. You're not thinking this is a happy hour. You're not thinking this is going to encourage you, but I want to tell you that this is going to encourage you a lot and you're going to really think about how I can help. And Melissa actually addresses this overwhelming feeling so well. I was deeply encouraged um, to think about it the way she said to think about it when I'm feeling overwhelmed. Guys, as you're listening to this, I'm still in Ethiopia. So hopefully you're continuing to follow my journey there on Instagram. I'm over at at Jamie Ivy. Um, So I hope you're following us. And guys, if you're loving the happy hour, I would really love it if you shared it with your friends. The best way to help more people listen to the show is for you to tell them about it. And the second best way to have more people listen to the show is to get some more ratings and reviews over at iTunes. It's really weird, but it does make a difference. I want to thank Bookaholic1986 for the latest review she left. She said, Love Jamie and all her guests. Brings me so much joy to listen on her conversations. I find myself laughing and crying right along with them. Listen and love, y'all. She must be from Texas or something. And then Steeler Cutie said this. This podcast has become a staple on my hour commute from work. Love the guests and all the books, book ideas that I get. Guys, thanks for the review. It's super easy. Just go to jamieivy.com slash iTunes. Leave a review, leave a rating, and it really helps people find the show. All right, guys. Here is my conversation with Melissa. Um, thanks for coming on the happy hour. Thanks for having me. This is really, I've been looking forward to this. Well, I've been wanting to have you on for a long time. And I feel as though every time that something like that happens, whereas I've been wanting to have someone on for a long time and then we have to cancel, reschedule, all this kind of stuff. It always feels to me like whenever we do finally get to connect, it's like it was meant to be then. Oh, good. Well, and I feel like that with us right now. Like, I feel like good. this is 
been probably, I'm going to just go out on a limb and say maybe the hardest couple of days of your career. Yeah. Uh, I would say it has probably been the hardest uh, two weeks. Yeah, yeah. Most, most definitely. So let's jump in. And Melissa, you uh, work with IJM. And I have talked about IJM on the podcast before. And I'll be mm. talking about it some more because uh, we really believe in what you guys do. Aaron and I went to the Global Prayer Gathering, not this year, 2016, but the last year. And it was just phenomenal. And our mutual friend, one of your great friends, Jessica Honiger, is who even first told me about IJM. I didn't know. I feel like a lot of people don't know about IJM. How is that? Well, I it is my favorite thing outside of my children to get to talk about. And um, that's part of what we're trying to do, especially in the church, is uh, just talk more just about IJM's work, but about God's call for justice. And so I love, I love that you've been to our global prayer gathering because at it's just one of the best things um, to get to be a part of. Yeah. Uh, to, yeah. So I'm glad so, you were there. So how long have you worked for IJM and what exactly is the mission of IJM? Give me that. Give me that in a nutshell. Yeah. Well, I've been with IJM about eight and a half years now. And um, the mission of IJM is to uh, rescue the poor and the oppressed in developing countries around the world. So Basically, what we do is uh, we're lawyers, investigators, and social workers, and in 17 field offices, we focus on different casework types. And uh, we'll take a case, so for example, trafficking, we will go in undercover, so our investigators will go in undercover, and they will seek to find uh, children who are in, um, in brothels or institutions where they're being sold for self or sex, and then we will conduct alongside the local police an operation to take them out, and then we have lawyers who help build the case against the people who commit those crimes uh, who hold these children captive. And that's just one type of casework that we work in, uh, sex trafficking. We also do child sexual assault, um, police abuse, um, and land rights for uh, widows and orphans. So, Which I found very, I mean, I think that anyone that's been listening to Happy Hour for a while is not going to be surprised that, that this kind of, um, you know, injustices happen around the world. But I do think that a lot of people don't realize what goes on outside um, of, of different countries, especially in um, people and countries and villages who are um, poverty stricken. Um, one thing I was totally surprised about, Melissa, when I went to that prayer gathering was the land stuff. Yeah. I mean, I honestly had never heard of that in my entire life and I don't think I've heard of everything, but still I was just like, man, I would have never thought about this, um, happening. Tell us what, what happens. And I think I prayed for this in Uganda. Am I right about that? Yeah. Uh, that's what our casework focuses on in Uganda. We have two offices there, one in Kampala and one in Gulu. And yeah, it sound it sort of sounds a little benign when you say it, uh, land theft, but, but what happens is, uh, especially uh, for women, is when men who they are married to pass away, typically the, the typical scenario is his family will come to claim the land. And if you are familiar with Africa, you know that is the primary way mm-hmm. that people make not just their living, but they feed their families. And so what happens is they actually don't have a fallback plan. So if something were to happen to me or something were to happen to my husband and I needed to go, it's, I have lots of people I could go and stay with. I could go and stay with my parents. I certainly have uh, friends I could go and stay with. That is just not what it looks like for, for these widows and these orphans in the developing world. And so it completely decimates their life. Um, you know, they go hungry. 
Uh, they are subjected to further violence because of it. And so what we work on there is making sure that widows have the correct access to their land. Which we fight for their land yeah, for them. Which seems so ludicrous here. Like that just is like, what? Like someone can just come steal my land? Um, but then when you think about it, it is like their whole entire livelihood is caught up right there yeah. in that. Um, what brought you to work with IJM? You know, I heard about IJM. I was in Austin, Texas, and mm-hmm. I know. And uh, my pastor of my church, his name was Bill Boyd, um, gave a gave a sermon on justice. And, you know, he started to give some stats that I had just never heard of. And, you know, I, I was a journalism major in undergrad. I sort of fancied myself as someone who is not unfamiliar with current events. And I just had no idea that some of the issues he talked about were going on in the world today. And so he said this one thing at the end of his sermon. He said, you know, if you want to hear what God is doing about this injustice around the world, you should visit IJM.org. And I did. And what what I loved about it, I became a donor, actually, is how I uh, just mm-hmm. step-by-step became engaged with IJM, gave a gift that day. There's just something about... God's call for justice just in the scriptures that spoke to me that morning in church and gripped my heart and has never let me go since. Mm. And then you began working for them and now you're in DC and. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. How do you think, like, let's talk through this real quick. How do we make this, um, these things that happen, how do we make them matter to us here? You know what I'm saying? Like, don't you feel as though people can live in America and other places in the world as well? I'm not just calling out America, but we could yeah. live here and we could go our whole lives and not know about someone, a widow losing her land and then dying and not know about children um, being forced into labor um, camps in India. Like, how do we make this issue matter? Yeah. Well, you know, I think there's a couple things in there. And just so we're super clear, like before working for IJM, if I were to have seen someone, if I were to see something really hard on the news, or if I were to have seen some, someone who was homeless, uh, you know, there in Austin, especially around the university, I honestly found those things totally and completely overwhelming to me because I just didn't know what to do about it. And what, oh, because you were like, this problem's too big? This problem's way too big. And, and I'm, not, I'm not making that up. I, I, I no, get, I get that. Yeah, get like super overwhelmed by those things. And so I think... One of the things that I would just say is for people not to be overwhelmed by it uh, in the sense of there, there, is an, there is a God who is infinite, and we're not. We're finite. Mm-hmm. But God can hold all of these things. He can hold the small things. He can hold the really big things, uh, and they do not overwhelm him. And so I feel like if if we can enter into that conversation about these things around the world knowing Ultimately, these are God's things mm. to carry, and we can be a part of that. It kind of takes it takes that that weight off um, that weight off, and allows us, I feel like, to enter into it. I think also, and as we enter into it, so I think there is a level of just being willing to expose yourself mm-hmm. uh, to to the things that are going on, but but not to be overwhelmed by them and to pray for them yeah. uh, and to support them. And I think really centering ourselves again, just like scripture. So like Mm -hmm. rooting ourselves in 
you know, if we believe the Bible is true and God loves justice and God is going to fight for justice Mm -hmm. and he does just ask us to show up with whatever it is that we have. Um, and so those, I honestly, those are the things that help me too, because, because I'm also, I mean, I'm also a mom. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I'm also, I spend my time on soccer fields Mm -hmm. and like there are, I, I can't carry this all of the time. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's okay. I, I don't think God's asking us to do that. I do think he is asking us though to enter into it, um, trusting in him to show up. That's good because I think that that feeling that you just described uh, of the overwhelming feeling, I think that would be probably the number one feeling that people get when they hear yeah. things like this is just, it's too much. I, there's nothing I can do to help this situation. And so I can't, I can't think about it or else it'll just bury me, you know, like it's just overwhelming. And I get that when you were describing that, I thought I feel that sometimes even just in the past two weeks with you guys and what you've been through. And we'll talk about that in a minute, but it just felt so like heavy and overwhelming where you just kind of go, I don't know what to do. And so even just your words of encouragement of like, but God can carry it. Yeah. That. Yeah, that is good. his load to bear. It is his load yeah. to bear. Yeah. And, he, and he wants to carry, you know, it's not like mm-hmm. we're like pouring it on him and he's like, oh, for the love more, you know, <laughs> I can't do this. Right, you know, he right. is so like graciously willing to do that. Um, well, man, I, I told you, I, I told everybody I went to that prayer gathering and um, that was hands down one of the coolest things I've ever been to. And I told you this, so I'll just admit it to the whole world. I was a little apprehensive about a three day prayer gathering. I mean. Right. I love God and I pray, but I was a little like, what will we do for three days at a (laughs) prayer gathering? Um, but I was totally impressed with you guys. And it was the thing that I liked about the most is it, it made that, it made the overwhelming feeling that you're describing for when you look at like, here's what IJM does. Here's all, all the big problems in the world. It brought them down into little bitty stories that we could see while we were there um, to say, look at this like victory. And I think that was great. And I appreciate you do that. I'd love if you shared like a victory that you guys have had. And I know you guys have them um, oh, often. Yeah. So I want to hear about um, the victories that IJM has seen happen uh, because of the work that y'all are doing. Oh, yeah. Well, and that's, you know, that is that is why I love the prayer gathering so much. And that is totally a fair statement. Sometimes I'm like, you know, we should probably call it the prayer and worship gathering because <laughs> yeah. it might it might help us uh, even from a branding perspective. Right. I think I think that's more people experience it. Uh, it you know, it mm-hmm. is so wonderful for for people who don't know. We we have these 17 field offices around the world and that's when people come back um, from the field to share the stories and they invite us to pray for the things that are hard. And that is what is so wonderful to me is seeing things that are impossible uh, become possible. And they're just these modern day miracles. And one of those I would say uh, recently has been our work in, um, in the Philippines. And so when we started uh, working there, you know, we worked on, uh, sex trafficking of children and just a horrific crime uh, that was pretty rampant there. And, you know, over, you know, I would say over a seven year period, that crime has decreased 80% from when we started. And, and what's wonderful about that, the Gates Foundation had actually given us a grant to really 
deep dive into how we measure it. So we did sort of a, before we started our casework there, we measured the prevalence and then midway at like four years, it had been 79%. And now it's, it's well over 80. And it's just, the, the thing is when you start holding people accountable to these crimes, and this is why for someone who has been historically so overwhelmed by even small instances of injustice or, or poverty, I get to see God show up in these huge ways. And so it, it's why I can be here eight and a half years is because God is so big and it has totally changed the way uh, I relate to him and how I relate to him personally. When I think I have a problem, you know, there's a problem in a relationship or there's an issue that we're dealing with. And I just think, oh gosh, well, if God can do this in the Philippines Mm. for this horrible crime, he can certainly handle this. And it's just so transformed the way I relate to my God. I just, you know, I just love him so much. So um, I would say, you know, the Philippines, it's just a remarkable story. And so what we've been able to do there now is there's this other horrific crime that the police have invited us to tackle with them. And we are, uh, you know, we're entering into cyber sex trafficking of children now. Mm. In the Philippines. In the Philippines. And so it's a different type of crime. It's not based in a brothel. Uh-huh. It's uh, because the Internet has really, you know, Internet access has really expanded there. It's an English-speaking nation. And so there's just this crime of showing children, uh-huh. and it's, it's, it's live abuse that happens, uh, and it's directed by someone on the other end. And so it just, as, as technology is more accessible, um, in more rural parts of the Philippines, this crime becomes more rampant. And so we have mm. uh, this year launched a program with the Philippine police to address it. And mm. so anyway, it's uh, and that it's just encouraging, too, because initially the Philippine police were not addressing these types of issues. And, you know, after working with them for so many years, like they they are ready to tackle it. They still need support to tackle it. Um, but they are willing, they are capable and it's just, it's quite, it's just quite remarkable actually. Yeah. Do you guys always work hand in hand with the law enforcement? Yeah, because you know, our goal really isn't to be the law enforcement. Okay. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah. Our, our goal is not to stay in the places where, where we work honestly forever. Our goal is to help is to initially help get these cases through the system. And then, and then as you're working the cases through, you actually get to see where the system's broken, right? So is it, yeah. is, is it investigators? Is it mm-hmm. the police? Is it the judges? And so then you can you know, create a program that's tailored to that community to actually, fi- to actually fix it. So, I see that. Yeah. One thing that I think um, has been something that I've seen in the last couple of years, and I don't think we hear about it a lot, um, besides the that land grabbing stuff, but also is the um, labor trafficking. Yeah. And I did not realize, I always thought of this as like labor trafficking with like grown men. But I remember being at the prayer gathering and seeing entire families being trafficked yeah. uh, with labor. Um, how, do you guys deal with that a lot? And what countries is that most prevalent in? Yeah, we do. And, and in India, we have five offices in India and, um, three of those offices really deal with labor trafficking. And then in Ghana, um, on Lake Volta there, there's little boys who are trafficked into the fishing industry. And so that's where we address it. Yeah. You know, it's a huge issue. And especially in India, like you, like you said, you know, if you're, you can be born into it. So once a family, you know, uh, becomes enslaved, their children um, born into it become enslaved. So you can see it's a cycle. I, 
Yeah, you can see up to three generations uh, on many of our rescue operations. That, that is so crazy. Yeah. So crazy. Do you guys ever run across um, people in the field offices? Do they ever run across um, law agencies, whether that be investigators or police or judges or whatever, not willing to work with you guys? <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, that I mean, that's, you know, these crimes exist because often, people are turning their their eyes. They're either turning their eyes or they're profiting from it in some way, right? I so there's see. a so there's a level of corruption that pretty much exists everywhere. But what I would say is, uh, where you have that, you also have people of goodwill. And so you so, find the like men of peace, and you begin to work with them. Totally, I see and, exactly. And you over year, you know, it, it's a it's a commitment. So mm-hmm. it's not something that gets fixed, you know, in six months. For sure, but. Oh, but over years, you know, part of what you also have to just provide is hope to them as well. The, their system has been broken, and mm-hmm. uh, and so they don't actually think it can change either. And, you know, we've done it now in so many places, in so many different types of casework, in different cultures. And, again, the bottom line is if you can hold people accountable to the crime, it creates a deterrent. And no one else wants to... No one wants to go to jail for this. So you make sort of the cost of doing business too high that way. I see. I see. Okay, guys, before we get back to the conversation with Melissa, I just want to remind you of what we're talking about here with IJM, International Justice Mission, is that they really are bringing hope. And it it seems like this gigantic problem that we can't do, um, but it is. Hope starts with us. It's called Freedom Sunday. And the idea is simple. On September 25th, your church will dedicate its service to freedom. And so, guys, I just want you to know that you have the opportunity to go to your church leadership and say, hey, can we do this? Can you at least tell me that you're going to commit to ask your pastor if he can host something on Freedom Sunday? IJM is going to give you everything you need. Just go to IJM.org slash happy hour. So much information there for you. Okay, back to my talk with Melissa. Well, recently, um, I know that IJM has walked through some really um, hard times in the past two weeks. And if you're willing to talk about that, I would love to talk about it because I think it's important to talk about. Yeah. Um, but you guys recently lost one of your first people in the field. We did. We, uh, we lost our first colleague. His uh, name was Willie Kamani and he worked as an investigator in our Nairobi office and he, you know, was a human rights lawyer by, by trade. And he was with our client Jehoshaphat in, um, in a court case where Jehoshaphat had been, you know, really blatantly abused by police. We work on police abuse of power. Mm-hmm. So in Nairobi, you know, the police can abuse, um, arrest uh, innocent men and women, and they're just not held accountable for it. And so this was one of the cases we w- were working on and um, following, uh, defending, uh, you know, Jehoshaphat in court, being with him there, uh, Willie and Jehoshaphat and, um, a close trusted driver, uh, Joseph were abducted and, and killed, um, uh, in, in the last week. And so, yeah, it is, uh, it's been devastating. It's devastating for our team. IJM is a very tight community, a very tight global community, uh, under their shared cause, you know, justice. So yeah, it's yeah. been hard. I, I can imagine. I, I remember hearing about it and just like telling Aaron and look, I even, it, it, it is emotional to me as well because I, we lost someone in, a, in our church body a couple of years mm. ago that was like part of the team. You know what I mean? And you just yeah. feel like 
it just kind of takes your breath away. And, and it also is just, you see like the, the injustice that he was fighting for. Um, and, and he was such a fighter for it. And it, and, and then this happened, the, the, the exact injustice I'm sure that he's fighting, um, yeah. is, so what happens next? Like what happens to, are people going to be held accountable for this? Yeah. So, you know, the very crime he was defending others against, um, you know, is what, is what took Willie's life. And so in his life, like you said, I mean, Willie, Willie was awesome and he was a real fighter. And so in his life and Lord willing through his death, uh, Justice will be done, and not just for not just for these three men, but really on behalf of thousands and mm. thousands and thousands who suffer this abuse. And so, we have put a really hard charge out. We have a petition. It's uh, justiceinkenya.org, and we're asking everyone, the global community, to sign on to that to really put pressure on the Kenyan government to fix this problem of police abuse. And so. So far, we are, we're at um, a little over 30,000 today who signed on, and I'm just praying that the global church steps in and picks mm. it up as well. Um, and, and, and what we've seen so far is uh, there have been some arrests made. We really want everyone who was complicit in you know, the crime to be held accountable and those who, who turned a blind eye in their leadership mm. because, um, because it, uh, it's been something that we especially... Uh, suspect has been going on for quite some time and um, have evidence of that. So, so what will this petition do? What will you guys use this for? Do you go to the government and say, look, these people all over the world are saying this is not okay. Exactly. So, you know, that is really what our team on the ground has said, you know, and I've been so just so incredibly grateful. I mean, our friends from, uh, from the state department, from, government officials in other countries, just my good friends who have these wonderful social media platforms. You've been wonderful. Uh, Jess has been wonderful. Mm-hmm. Jen and Jenny. I just, mm-hmm. um, it is what our team has said that they need is international pressure, mm-hmm. that there's an outcry from the international community that says no more can this go on in Kenya. And as they put pressure there internally, it's the external pressure that will help move that over the goal line. So it's a petition addressed to the president of Kenya. And we are just asking him to please hold everyone accountable and the leadership accountable um, there in Kenya for this crime on behalf, again, of just the thousands and thousands of people who are still suffering um, from this there in Nairobi. Yeah, and I think the great thing that you guys are providing for us to do, even as this seems overwhelming, is a, sim- a very simple step that can make a big difference. It's just to go and sign this petition, um, and it can make and, – and, and to know this is making a difference. Exactly. You know, exactly. and to be able to know that that actually – that you're actually doing something to help. Exactly. And you, I just wish I could I, – I wish I could have all of my colleagues in Kenya on the phone mm-hmm. just to tell – everyone how encouraged they have been so far from just the public from around the world signing up um, both because they just love their colleague and their client and their friends so much Mm -hmm. but it's what they spend their life you know I mean Willie laid down his life for this and it's what they spend their life doing and so uh, it's what they they know will move the ball and it's and so they just to see this has just been so wonderful and so wonderful for our organization. I'm just I'm just so overwhelmed. I love the body of Christ. I love seeing how 
people get to be a part of it in different ways mm-hmm. and it really matter. So that's yeah. awesome. And, and people, they have heard me talk about this on here and you'll hear me talk about it some more. You guys are doing something called freedom Sunday and you're really just asking churches, like you're saying, we're asking the local churches to get up and say, we, we, this is not okay. And we want to talk about this. Yes. And, and you guys are providing stuff for them. Um, and so there's actually, I'm just going to, I didn't plan on doing this, but cause I'll say it in the sponsorship before and after, but if you go to IJM.org slash happy hour, um, there's ways that you can find out how to host a freedom Sunday. And if you're hearing this and you're like, this isn't okay. I want to talk to my people at church about this. There you go. Yes, exactly. And we have tried to provide every resource, you know, just like I told you, I heard about IJM in, in my church and it Mm. was because my pastor talked about it and he, he shared God's heart for justice for me. And it, just made such a profound difference. And that is truly, that is just truly my prayer that God's people uh, would step in and that the church would be synonymous with justice. Mm -hmm. That if people are talking about Christians, they're like, well, those are those people who just care so much about the poor around Mm -hmm. the world. And like like that, it just becomes sort of one in the same. And so I'm just praying that the Holy Spirit would come Mm -hmm. and that uh, people would use their access to you know, to leadership in churches and say, Hey, I've, you know, I know this is what God loves. Can we start yeah. engage in, in your local communities as well? For sure. There's just so many opportunities. Yeah, so that's if you, my prayer. If you yeah. go to that website, there's all kinds of like information and stories that you can watch. It's even if you're, you know, don't know if you could do that at your church, I recommend you go in and check it out. Totally. Um, Melissa, I'm proud of you guys and what you guys are doing. Mm, it thank is, you, it's a joy to watch. And, um, I love what the, Gary, who's the, he started IJM, am I right? Yeah. yeah. Gary Haugen. Yeah. Gary Haugen says God has a plan to help bring justice to the world and his plan is us. Indeed. Um, and I just love that, that thought. And I love that truth and that God can use us. And I think that's just what I want everyone to hear when they're hearing you talk about is that, is that we can do something about this because it feels like we can't, but we totally can. We totally can. We totally can. And again, it's God's pleasure to move. I mean, it, it, I just... God loves justice. Oh, he loves it so much. And he is, he is pleased to move. He's moved on, you know, by our prayers. He's moved mm-hmm. by our action, just showing up and doing miracles. And yeah. it's, it, it's almost, I mean, it's honestly crazy, the miracles that get done in the field. It's just amazing. So... Yeah. Well, I'm I'm so happy for you guys, and I hope that you know everyone can go check out IJM if they've never heard of you guys. And, and you know what? I said I hadn't heard of IJM, and the way I found out was from two friends, Jessica Honiger, and then our, our friends the Wusos. Um, yeah. Just word of mouth, you know. And so that's what we're doing here today too. Mm, thanks. Awesome. Friend. Okay, Melissa. Before we go, I want to know what you're reading. Oh, you know what I just read and I loved uh, so, so much is uh, Louis Giglio's book, The Comeback. Oh, I've heard that's great. um, Oh my gosh, it was so good. It just is like the gospel over and over again. I feel like people, I feel like leaders, I feel like moms especially, just don't give themselves enough grace. And I just, Mm. the the grace of the gospel is available to us every single day and Mm. Anyway, I, I loved that book because I felt like about 50 different ways uh-huh. Louie was like using just an, a really wonderful, creative way of, you know, hitting that home. So oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Really cool. Um, I just recently read, it's called A Mile Wide by Brandon Hatmaker. And I think it comes out in September. So it comes out soon. Awesome. I know, but I'm sure you can like pre-order it or whatever. Um, but it's really good. 
That's awesome. I I would love to read his book. I'd, I'd love to see how's his, how his humor compares with Jen's. So we'll it's, have to It's different. It see. really is. Yeah. I, I think <laughs> I, I describe the book as like this um, kind of this big brother who's telling you like that it's, it's okay, you know, to walk through the road that you are and, you know, how to like find this richer, deeper life in Christ and the local church. It's really good. I can't wait. Well, mm-hmm. I look forward to reading that too. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, super good. Um, what are you loving these days? Man, you know, I'm loving the fact that Whole Foods opened up a store near our office. Mm. So that so that makes me super duper happy. And I love my I, I mean, I mean, I love these shoes that I have. They're Ooh. called teaks. I mean, I've I know I heard everyone. about these. They're fun for DC. Like they, you know, they're, they're cute. They fold up when you got to walk, uh-huh. you know, when to wear your heels. Um, I love that. I love cuddling with my kids at Aww. night. Those are some of the things I'm You don't actually space. live in DC though, do you? No, we live just outside of DC. Does, I, I, every um, time someone says we live in DC, they're like, well, not actually. <laughs> Does anyone live in DC? They totally do. And they're really fun, <laughs> vibrant 22 year olds that, you know, work on the No, lots of people live in DC. We do live just outside of DC in something that looks honestly like Stars Hollow. It's called Falls Church. And um, Stars Hollow, for anyone who watches Gilmore Girls, will appreciate that. There but you it's go. Mm-hmm. like super small, but, you know, it takes me 20 minutes door to door. When um, we were there, not only did we love the prayer gathering, but we loved like the restaurants we went to. We oh went gosh. to some quaint Good. little street that was just so cool. I mean, we, we, y'all had, Aaron and I both said we want to come back. In fact, one of our favorite cookbooks that he cooks from all the, all the time we oh, got, so and it was like this breakfast place. It's probably really famous. <laughs> it probably You is. know, and I just don't know what it is. I love, I do. I love DC. You know, coming from Austin, it's a great city because I, by code, the buildings can't be too tall. So it's not like you're overwhelmed by, by a skyline where mm-hmm. you can't see green and there's tons of green space. And so lots of people are active just like they are in Austin. Uh-huh. So that's, I mean, we I felt love that as well. Yeah, we we got there literally, and I don't get this, but I guess you guys get it there. What are y'all's trees? The the pretty trees. Oh, the cherry blossoms. Yeah, they're like you just meet the you just missed the cherry blossoms by one day. And I was like, <laughs> what? One day? <laughs> it's crazy. It literally lasts for you know about a week, and it is the most gorgeous thing, and then it's gone. That's so what I'm I said. Sorry. Next <laughs> time you'll have to come back. You'll have to come back. Yeah, it was fun. Okay, Founding Farmers is the restaurant we went to where we got the cookbook oh, from. That is so great. They also have another one like Fishers Bakers something something. It mm. it is so good. Mm. Aaron cooks out of that. It makes me very happy. Oh, very happy. It should. It is good and right to do that. Very happy. Well, I know that you have stuff you have to do, and I'm so glad that you came on. And Oh, thanks for having me, friend. I love every time I get to see you. Have I told you about the first time we ever met at that restaurant uh, in town, Guero's? Yeah. Did I tell you that I almost didn't come in? <gasps> Why? Because I had this really, like, middle school girl moment. <laughs> Where it, I think it was at the very end of If, and you, you and Jessica Hanna were there, and a bunch of y'all's girls that you had gone to on the IJM noonday trip. Where did y'all, I can't remember what country y'all went to. Yeah, we went to Rwanda. To Rwanda, oh, yes. Oh, I'm so, so glad you came in. I know. And so y'all were all sitting there, and I walked in, and I looked back there, and I knew, like, two people. And I just kind of, I was, I was overwhelmed. I had been working all weekend at If, and I just thought, I can't do it. And so I left and then I texted Jess and said something and she's like, please come. And so then I came back and that's how we met. 
Oh, I love that. I probably just hugged on you the whole time and probably made you feel uncomfortable, but I was so glad you were there. You did it. You scratched my back and I thought this is I know, the best place what... I could ever be right now. <laughs> I mean, that's the sort of, that's so great. Of course I did. Of course, of course I did. you did. It was so wonderful. Um, Melissa, thank you for what you've done. I have been praying for you guys and I appreciate um, it. for you and for your organization um, and for all of the families of Willie and Josephette and Joseph. Thank so yeah, please yeah. keep praying. Thank you, friend. Thank I, you. It's good to be with you. It's so good to talk with you. So wonderful. And I will put all the links up so everyone can find everything you guys do. So Melissa, thanks for coming on the happy hour and have a great week. Thanks, Jamie. Have a good trip. Guys, I am so thankful for the work that IJM is doing and what a joy to have Melissa here to share with it with this. Um, I'm going to have all the information for you to sign up for the petition on my webpage, jamieivy.com. And I just want to remind us, I said it in the show, but Gary Haugen says this, is that God has a plan to bring justice to the world and his plan is us. And I think IJM is doing a great job of helping us actually accomplish that and we're asking you if you want to stand up with them on freedom sunday and they're giving you everything you need to kind of do that they're even going to give you someone from ijm to personally walk you through the process they're going to give you talking points and videos um, they're going to answer all of your questions go to ijm.org happy hour okay and you're going to click on host a freedom sunday even if you're not sure if your church can host it go to that link watch some of the stories and at least just commit to say, I'm going to mention it to my pastor and see what might happen. Guys, next week, uh, my guest is Catherine Wolf and you're going to love it. Catherine suffered a major stroke in 2008 before she was even 30. And now she has seen her suffering as a gift from God. And I promise you're going to love our conversation. And I was just so encouraged in chatting with her. Um, and she makes me laugh and she loves food and she's a mom to two boys. It's just going to be a really fun hour. So join us next week. Today's show is edited by Knox McCoy and the music is from Jason Poe. Guys, enjoy your week. Share the show with a girlfriend and have a happy hour with a friend. I will see you guys next week with Catherine Wolf. Hey guys, you are listening to the happy hour with Jamie Ivey. I am Jamie and I'm your host and I'm so glad that you're here. If you like what you're listening to today, make sure you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We bring you new shows every Wednesday and Fridays and an amazing guest always joins me to chat about the big things in life, the little things in life and everything in between. Subscribe today to the happy hour with Jamie Ivey on your podcast player so you never miss an episode.